Hi everybody, Clara Smith here with Back Office to Boardroom. I am so excited today to welcome our guest to the studio. Peter Mertens is the Director of Market Strategy at Sprout Social, where he spent the past six years growing his career. On top of owning projects and leading teams responsible for pricing and packaging, analyst relations, and more, Peter Mertens heads the overall strategy and execution of Sprout Social's competitive intelligence program. This program supports more than 500 people across sales and success teams. And Peter, now that I'm reading your LinkedIn profile correctly, it seems like your very first role was a competitive intelligence specialist at Sprout Social. And I'm so excited to be here with you to talk about how CI got you from back office to boardroom. Peter, most importantly, we are so happy. Welcome to the show today. Awesome. Thanks, Clara. It's great to be here and to chat with you. Really appreciate the opportunity to come on to the podcast. As you mentioned, my name is Peter Mertens. I lead our market strategy team at Sprout. Sprout Social is a social media management platform that allows brands to connect their various social profiles into our products so that they can schedule and post content, respond to messages that come inbound to them, run analytics, use social listening, understand what the conversations are going on across social, uh, and basically do everything that a brand might need to effectively run a social marketing operation. We do about a quarter billion in ARR and we are publicly traded uh, as of December 2019. Incredible. Thanks for that context, Peter. You know, now we have to jump into, you know, what got you into Compete and how did you land that first role in CI at Sprout Social? You know, Sprout Social is a truly incredible company, as you as you mentioned, and you come from a non-traditional background where you didn't really start your career in CI. Paint that picture for me. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started my career in public relations working at a large PR agency in the WPP network. And I spent most of my time working on B2B tech clients, uh, predominantly two very, very large enterprise tech players. And from there, I, you know, I happened to, to develop uh, unintentionally some skills that would serve me well in competitive intelligence down the road. Uh, I spent a lot of time uh, uh, doing media coverage analysis on, you know, what our our clients' largest competitors were talking about, what positions they were taking, what their thought leadership looked like, that kind of stuff, and then doing qualitative analysis on that and sharing it back with the client to see where there might be opportunities. At that time, I didn't even realize that I was actually developing those those CI skills. And so when I saw the role open up at Sprout for a competitive intelligence specialist, and I started to think about what my experience actually was, it actually turned out that a lot of the stuff that I was doing mapped to what the job requirements was pretty effectively. And so, you know, I, I still think in some ways I fluked my way into the job a little bit, right, knowing that I was coming from a slightly different background. But uh, it did turn out that, you know, having that agency experience and, and getting to work on a lot of different projects actually served me pretty well as I started to look at, you know, mapping out stakeholders who I would be uh, working with internally at Sprout, and then ultimately, you know, how I could be as successful as possible from a CI perspective. I love that, Peter. And in no way did you fluke getting the job. You were made for that job. Absolutely. I, uh, I always remark how nobody goes to school for competitive intelligence, and we all have very unique backgrounds and stories of how we get to where we are today. So let's continue on that story with you. So you had and landed the role as CS specialist at Sprout Social. How did that help you get the next role and the next role? And what did that mean to you in terms of getting that to the boardroom? Yeah, it's a really great question, Clara. And it's something that 
one thing I, whenever I have, you know, mentorship type conversations, conversations with my team, I always recommend to folks to always think about what's the role you want after the next role. And so you should always be thinking two roles ahead. And does this next career step help me get to what I'm going to after that, right? So you should try and have some idea of what that looks like in mind. And I think that that sort of mentality helped serve me well internally at Sprout, particularly as it pertained to CI. When I was first hired, CI didn't really exist at Sprout. It was done sort of in a hodgepodge kind of way, right? Where, you know, it was owned by four or five different people, which really means it was owned by nobody at the end of the day. And so my role was specifically designed just to build out the CI program at Sprout. And that includes basically taking everything that we'd have, consolidating it, creating a bunch of new materials, getting it all up and running, build win loss, et cetera. And so that was sort of what my my you know initial purview was. But what I quickly figured out was that there was a strong appetite internally, not just from sales and success, but from product, from upper management, from across the organization for a better understanding of what was going on within the competitive market. And how do we use that information to ultimately make more strategic decisions that drive business outcomes for Sprout? And so... What that allowed me to do was start to get involved in more conversations internally and start to take that perspective that I had started to develop from a CI perspective and get it outside of just, hey, I'm going to help enable the sales team to be more effective in their deals against competitor X or competitive Y, but start to think bigger picture about what are competitor X and Y doing and how does that impact ultimately how we price our product, what features we prioritize on the roadmap, what sort of strategic partnerships that we should be considering to allow us to compete more effectively. And that sort of then kind of, you know, springboarded me into those larger conversations where it wasn't just about CI, right? And and it was much more about how do we take that and then ultimately use that in all the different departments across the business so that we are driving those best outcomes for Sprout. I love that. Yeah. And personally, when I reflect on my own career in CI, that's how I know I've made it, right? When you have almost really positive tentacles in all these different departments. I'm going to flip that question back on you, Peter. How did you feel like you made it in Compete, right? What is What was that moment for you? Where were you? Um, tell me some stories about that. What, what does that mean for you? Yeah. So I think the moment when I realized that I had made it internally was actually when I had first started building out our quantitative win-loss analysis program. And as I kind of scaled that out and tinkered with it and got to a point where I was pretty happy with it, I shared it out with a handful of executives, including our, at that time, our SVP of sales success, who's now currently our company president. And he was super enthusiastic about it and asked me actually to take the data, put it into uh, a specific format because he wanted to include that in his presentation to Sprout's board of directors so that they could have better purview into what was going on from a competitive angle and where Sprout's biggest opportunities really in the market were. And I think that was my kind of like, oh, holy crap, like people are actually interested in, in, in what, I'm, what I'm pulling out and what the insights are and how we can use that to, to make Sprout that much more successful in the marketplace. So it really was, you know, an, an opportunity to actually present to the board uh, that really was that kind of like catalyzing moment for me to be like, wow, this actually matters and, and people are listening to what I have to say internally. 
congratulations, Peter. It seems like not only did you make it, but you've done that multiple times. What does that look like for you on a daily basis of working with executives and working with the, you know, with the board of directors? Um, what does that, you know, executive level CI engagement look like for you and any tips for our listeners today? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a couple things to keep in mind. One, you have to remember that as the domain expert, when it comes to what's going on in the market, there is going to be a lot of contextual information that you have that helps you form your point of view and your recommendations that might not necessarily be super important to share with that broader executive audience. They don't necessarily need to know every single little detail that goes into it, right? They need to understand what is the ultimate analysis showing and then what do we need to do with it so that's the first half is making sure that you are crystal clear on what exactly the most salient points are for an executive team for the board to take away from what's going on within the broader market and then the second part of that is making sure that you actually have a recommendation to go with that so it's not just simply that you are a CI analyst and you're collecting all this data and intel and then you're handing it off to the executive team to use in whatever the conversations they're having are, but you need to come with a point of view. You need to have that recommendation and say, if I'm seeing this data, this is what I think, in this case, Sprout needs to do with it and how this impacts whether it's sales, success, marketing, product, et cetera. And that's ultimately the the, the follow through component that I think really matters because as since you are the expert, those executives are going to want to understand what does this all mean, right? And what do we need to do with this information? So it's definitely about that level of succinctness for the executive team, as well as always coming with a clear recommendation and point of view on what the data actually means for your company's business. I love that. And you seem like such a pro that you've done this multiple, multiple times. So I'm going to poke the bear a little bit, Peter. Play that out for me, right? Like, you know, you come to the board, you have your recommendations, you have your backed up data uh, to really prove that out. What happens if they don't take you, take your recommendations seriously, right? Or what happens if they don't go down that path of what you said uh, would be best for the company? What happens if you are wrong? Tell me about that. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think it's something that is... A challenge for anyone getting started in their career and even seasoned and uh, uh, experienced uh, folks is is what if what if I didn't get it right right or what if they listened to everything that I had to say and I'm supposedly the expert and they go a different direction and it's okay is what I figured out that ultimately it's not a reflection necessarily on you or your intelligence or the work that you ultimately did, but you're not going to be right hundred percent of the time. So I'll, I'll give you an example where uh, a couple of years ago we were, we were introducing a new product to the market and I had done a fair amount of research uh, around, you know, how competitors price it, what the opportunity looked like, taking into consideration what our own pricing structure uh, was. And I came with a recommendation that was different than what the the product team had put forward. And so we had a debate about it uh, collectively as a a group of uh, executives. And and ultimately, they decided that what the product director had put forward was what we were going to go with and not with what my recommendation was. And at first, it really hurt. And I was like, I, you know, I'm very confident in in ultimately what what my recommendation was, and I think I have really great data to back it up. And and at the end of the day, I said, okay, great, disagree and commit because I need to be fully on board with it. And what I quickly figured out was that it didn't 
it wasn't like they didn't come back to me again in the future, right? Because clearly they just decided that ultimately what was best for the business was this approach. And and the fact that I was there and you know trying to make the case actually still turned out to be a good thing because it kept me involved in future conversations like that, where my recommendations in the future were the ones that we go with. So it's okay if they don't ultimately go with it. What matters is that your reasoning is sound and that it's articulated correctly. And if they don't go with it and you you your attitude is going to matter a lot there too, right? And that's why I use that that phrase disagree and commit very intentionally uh, because I think that commitment part is the part where you really have to get on board if they don't go with yours because you have to be able to give 100% to the strategy ultimately that they've decided to pursue. Well, way to go in terms of like self-reflection and intentionality and lessons learned through that experience. I think that's the hardest part is how do you internalize what happens before, during, and after the boardroom, right? And I know this podcast is all about how do you get to the boardroom? How do you take CI out of that back office, out of that, you know, data collection piece that you were talking about, Peter? How do you elevate that? But tell me more about what has been successful for you after that board meeting, right? After that executive presentation, that PowerPoint that you spent hours and hours and hours doing, you know, how does that play out to other teams, especially around product? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think it's one of the things that CI practitioners have to be very cognizant of is that it's not a one size fits all approach with what the information and intel and recommendations that you're ultimately putting forward, right? So when I think about what I might take and present to our senior leadership team, that might need to get carved out into several different ways if we are presenting that to product, if we are presenting that to sales, success, marketing, etc. And so I think that as you think about what happens when you get after the boardroom, after the executive level conversations, you have to know that as you get further down the organizational structure, everyone's uh, field of focus becomes narrower right at the end of the day. And so I'll give you another example, which is so we do obviously our, our quarterly win loss analysis and, and we provide that roll that up into the, the board report um, overall. But then from there, myself and Emily Coleman, uh, who helps support me uh, at Sprout on, on my team, uh, we, we take that intel and we break that down and we create separate presentations and recommendations for the product leaders, for the sales leaders, the success leaders, and ultimately for the stakeholders in marketing who need the exposure to that type of win-loss data. And so within product, what they're ultimately seeing might be much more focused around here are the deals we've won and lost as it pertains to product features specifically, right? Within in sales, it might be much more about, okay, here who are the top performing reps. These are the people that you know we want to be our champions internally for other reps to be able to go ask questions to. Or maybe there's a coaching opportunity for managers for reps that are struggling against certain competitors. Or maybe we're seeing weakness in the market by a competitor because one of our segments is just way outperforming the other ones, right? So how do we then take that and apply that to sales? And you just kind of keep taking that down the ladder as you get into different departments. So I think the important thing for, for, for CI practitioners to understand is it's all well and good when you get that opportunity to present to the board or the executive level team, whomever that might be. 
But it doesn't stop there once you're done with it. Then it's about, okay, now how do I empower all the other teams internally in Sprout with this same information so that at the end of the day, they can go do their jobs more effectively because of what we're ultimately giving to them. So really that 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 executive level presentation is just the the first step in the process. Um, and, and really there should be several others that follow that. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of work. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's an easy thing to do, but if you really want to be able to maximize the potential uh, effectiveness that CI can have within an organization, it's 100% a necessary set of steps. 100%. And that's what keeps you coming back to the boardroom each and every time, right? That you're effective after that presentation, trickling that down into the work streams within the departments, and that you have something to show and be proud of and, you know, come back to the boardroom and showcase that. Hi, I'm Jody Geiger, Revenue Enablement Coach at Clue, and welcome to my new show, Winning as Women on the Compete Network. I will be joined by the best sellers, revenue leaders, and coaches in the world. Come for tactical advice from people overcoming the same challenges you are facing, and stay for real talk, exploring the moments behind the outward success. We'll go deep on topics like how to elevate as a seller, what makes a high value creating team? How can you make customer success a company-wide sport? And how to get an edge against the competition? And if the title didn't give it away, yep, the guests, they're mostly women. Why? Well, because it's mostly men giving advice on how to coach and lead in revenue teams today. We know representation matters and we want that next generation to only know a world where selling, leading, and driving organizations forward is equally done by all people. Listen to Winning as Women exclusively on the Compete Network and make sure to join us for our next event. I'd love to uh, shift the conversation to, you know, kind of what's going on in the greater Compete community. What have you seen in the past six plus years of your experience doing Compete and obviously now elevating now to a, a leadership role? What are some of those dramatic changes that you've seen? And do you have any tips for people starting out in their career in Compete? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the biggest shifts that I've seen in the last six years, and this is probably something that you've also experienced too, Claire, is that there are just a significant number of CI-specific roles that are now available. And I think that is unique in of itself because it's a testament to the value that someone that is solely focused on CI can bring to an organization when it's done well. And so I think oftentimes what we're, we're seeing some of the, the best in class, you know, in particular, like SaaS and B2B uh, tech in particular is one that obviously, you know, there's a, there's a lot of benefits in, in having someone specifically dedicated to CI. And that's where we're seeing probably the most of these types of roles appear. But, but that certainly wasn't what we were seeing six years ago. Right. And, and I, I think when you look at the the emergence of uh, just again, how effective uh, individuals can be in this role when you see that there are, you know, there's technologies being developed specifically to aid in the efforts around CI, things of that nature is just giving a lot more legitimacy to this uh, this area, this profession. And so I think that's probably been the biggest shift is that, that, that people are being hired exclusively to focus on what is going on from, from a competitive perspective. So, so that I think to me has like been the, the coolest, you know, change in the last like half decade or so. And I think that CI is only going to continue to be more influential in an, in an organization and, and we'll start to see more resources and uh, more, more investment dollars into this space, which I think is just awesome for, for everybody that is, is within here. 
to your second question around what somebody who's just getting started in this space, uh, what they should be kind of keeping in mind. So one thing I think that folks should take into consideration is that you really have an opportunity to be that go-to on everything that's going on in the market. You become a focal point for the entire organization across the various lines of businesses to get your perspective. And that is uh, an, an immense opportunity that I don't think I fully realized until, you know, maybe I'd been six, six months, a year into Sprout that, you know, I was part of conversations with, with product leadership, with sales leadership, with the partnerships team, with corporate development, et cetera, because I had the best handle on what was going on in the market outside of our business. Most of those teams, they'll have an understanding, right? But generally generally speaking, their role is to understand Sprout's business, or in this case, Sprout's business, or their own business as as best as they possibly can, right? And that's where we need them focused on, because that's ultimately what's, what's going to drive outcomes for, from a product and sales perspective. But, but your role ultimately is to bring the other side of that coin to them, right? And help them say, okay, great, this is what I think we need to do. And now I have the full context of what our competitors are doing, what our buyers are doing, um, you know, where there might be other white spaces in the market where there might be emerging threats, that type of stuff. So they have that whole complete picture of, of how they need to move forward. So really having a strong understanding of, of, of everything that's going on in, in your space and all the ancillary spaces around your company is what's going to get you into those, those strategic conversations. So I think it's just really important to recognize that there's a ton of opportunity, but it really does mean that you have to stay on top of everything that's going on around you because everyone wants you to be in the room when there's a bigger discussion about what's going on with your competitors, with people, like I said, that might be emerging threats, that might be emerging partners. Uh, and, and so I think that's probably the most important thing for for you know people who are just getting started in CI to recognize is that uh, you, you've got to be that domain expert on, on everything else and what it means means ultimately for the business that you're working at as well too and how do you kind of piece those two things together preach peter absolutely yeah that swiss army knife i think is so incredibly important another model that i've heard is the hub and spoke model right where it's like you have to rotate to the specific uh spoke right that needs that information or that needs that specific recommendation um i've also heard compete being a glue as well i don't know if you've heard any funny <laughs> comparisons or anecdotes around that but i completely agree with everything that you say and i really hope that our listeners kind of take you up on that offer uh to you know to understand what it takes to not only partner with every aspect of the business, but also be that expert, you know, um, on the, the competition, on the industry, and the most importantly, on your product. So yeah, Peter, I think we're coming to the close here, but I wanted to ask you something a little bit more personal about success, because clearly you've moved up the corporate ladder really quickly. You've transformed yourself in your own career. Um, what's something that you passionately disagree on um, about the belief of success? Anything come top of mind? Yeah, for sure. So I think it's something that is particularly relevant, especially for CI practitioners. Again, we just talked about how it's you know definitely an emerging field, right? And it's exciting to see that there are more resources getting put in there and there are folks that are being hired specifically to work on competitive intelligence. But at the end of the day, 
resources are still going to be allocated a little less there than they might be in other parts of the business, right? And so one thing that I think as I have expanded my role at Sprout and my career has progressed that I, I disagree with in terms of you know how you continue to advance your career is you don't need to have a, a team of 20 or 30. I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a, 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 once you get to a certain level, there's a race to accumulate as big of a head count as you possibly can, right? It's almost as if it's like a, a badge of honor. I manage a team of 40 people, right? And what I have found is that is not necessarily what is going to be helpful for you to be involved in the conversations that are most important for your business's future. And so despite the fact that my team is a team of three, we oftentimes find ourselves involved in those really important conversations around, you know, how do we need to develop the product in the future? What does our pricing and packaging strategy look like for legacy customers, for customers moving forward? Um, you know, how do we think about evaluating strategic partnerships and what those opportunities might look like? How do we evaluate what's going on in the marketplace and where there might be an opportunity to uh, accelerate our roadmap via acquisition? Things of that nature. We're involved in all of those conversations despite being an incredibly small team. So I think that this is kind of something that you know, like I said, when you get to a certain level, folks seem to think that, oh, the bigger my team, the more important ultimately that I am. But I have just found that in my experience, that not that isn't necessarily true. And it really goes back to what type of uh, uh, value you ultimately bring across the entire organization that gets you involved in all of those conversations, especially as you start to think about, you know, not just what are we going to do next quarter, but what are we doing for the next six quarters as a company? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's probably one thing I would disagree with is that there's definitely a rush to try and accumulate as much headcount as possible and, and make your organization look as big as possible. But I don't necessarily think that that actually accelerates you at, from a career perspective in terms of being involved in the right, what I I would consider to be the right type of conversations to drive the business forward. 100%, Peter. I completely agree with that. And I never really thought of it that way, but it is so much the case, right? Where people uh, connect, you know, success and clout and everything that comes alongside of that with how many people report into me. Um, I'm always of the, of the like kind of fan area to say, how well do you also know your people and what they're working on? And are they going to be any surprises in terms of those 40 or 400 people that report into you? So that's, that's just me uh, revving on what you had to say there, but yeah, absolutely super eye-opening there. Um, Peter, I just, I'm very curious, like you seem, you know, you, j that you have a lot of really well-developed perspectives on corporate America, on moving up through the ranks. Has there been a person or a resource that has made you into this Swiss army knife that you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I definitely would credit uh, a, a couple folks um, in in my career. Um, so so first, um, and and it all kind of follows the same theme too. That that I think is that is important, and what I think is oftentimes a, a, a emblematic of a very strong manager. And so uh, so Ryan Barreto is our, our company president at, at Sprout Social, and I, I, I reported in him for a couple of years. Um, Patrick Kudica, uh who really built the product marketing function at. Sprout, 
um, and and uh, spent time reporting in him as well. Um, there's uh, 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 my old manager from the agency days, uh, Thekla Ftichiadu. Uh, and so what, what what all three of these people uh, uh, collectively uh, had um, was they had a lot of trust and faith in me. And so they weren't super hands-on and they allowed me really to direct the work that I thought would be most impactful for the business. They checked, obviously we checked in, we we kept close on what, kept tabs on what I was working on, but they put a lot of faith in me to, when I said, hey, I think this is the most important thing that I can be working on for the business right now. And they said, okay, I, you know, if you're telling me that this is what you think it is, then, then go on and, and get after that. And I think that that's one thing that's, that's super important just as, 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 as my career has advanced, I've tried to put more trust and faith in, in my own team and the people that I'm working with when they tell me, I think this will be the biggest needle mover at the end of the day. And, and they have the best grasp of what, what their you know purview is, what they're focused on, and, 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 and they have a good grasp of what's going on in the business, then, then I believe that absolutely go out and, and tackle that project. And so I think when I look back at you know folks that have really enabled me to, to succeed, it's because they have had that faith and trust in me to, to work on the right type of stuff. Now, of course, there's always that guiding hand where if I wasn't, or they thought there was a better opportunity, then they were quick to step in and let me know. But generally speaking, it was very much about you're telling me that this is where you can make a big difference in, in, in our business. And I'm going to trust you to ultimately deliver on that. So, um, you know, there is a, a certain element of reciprocity there, right? Where, where you actually have to deliver on the things that you, you say are most important. Uh, but I think that as I think about my own career, um, that trust that they've, they've placed in me has allowed me to, to deliver some of my best work at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. I, I definitely agree with that. I think some of my best managers back in the day give you that trust, give you that space to shine, and also with that kind redirection, like you mentioned, right? Uh, aligned with the business goals and your objectives and your role. Uh, Peter, I'm just so grateful for all your insight and expertise today. My last question for you that I like to ask every single one of my guests is, if you could give a presentation on one topic that you're super passionate about for like 30 minutes, what would that be? And it can't be on anything that we talked about today. Yeah, that's it, it's a tough question because most of the things I usually think about are uh, uh, like industry related stuff, right? Or things <laughs> that pertain to Sprouts business, uh, which which I'm sure my uh, my my wife is loath to hear about pretty much every night when when we come down to dinner. But I, so this year, uh, at the beginning of this year, actually, I <clears throat> recently got into roasting my own coffee. And so I bought a coffee roaster. I buy all my green beans, uh, roast them, you know, a couple times uh, a week. Um, and so that I've always got super, super fresh coffee. It's like one of those joys in life for me to, um, you know, when I wake up in the morning, walk my dog, come back, make a pour over. And that, that, that first like sip or two are just really just oftentimes like the highlight of my day. And so I've really like from there, um, expanded into, you know, my buying, you know, uh, uh new coffee grinders, uh, uh, bought a milk frother, uh, a manual espresso machine. So it's really dovetailed from there, but, um, that's just one of those things that, you know, since, since getting into, to roasting it, I've, I've just figured out like, wow, 
it can be pretty spectacular to have that incredibly fresh cup of coffee every single day. And, and it just brings me such joy that I, I think I could very easily fill 30 minutes on a presentation on that. I love that, especially because you were green-filled beforehand, right? You weren't exactly yeah. bought in and then you were uh, successfully cross-sold, right? Across the board into oh. all the gadgets. Yeah, Just yeah, to speak I, it in, in a software way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I think when I was looking at, so I bought a, a an upgraded uh, manual hand grinder, uh, which mm-hmm. is great. And then I was like, well, I probably probably need to upgrade my electric burr grinder as well too and my wife is like no like you're done for this year like you're all good on the coffee stuff I was like all right well I'll just start making a list for what those additional cross-sell products might look like next yeah, year then. 100%. or a Christmas list as that season's coming exactly. up 100 percent yeah 100 yeah. percent well Peter it was such a blast talking to you today uh, if listeners have any questions or want to follow up about your career and all the insights that you share today where's the best place for them to do that Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to do that would be to just send me a message on LinkedIn directly. Uh, Peter Mertens, uh, it's pretty easy to find. My email, uh, my personal email is also on there as well too. Uh, I I, I would be more than happy to chat with folks, especially individuals who are just getting started in CI and and want to understand how how can I take this role and and, and really turn it into a a full career and really be part of those those larger conversations internally in an organization. I just, I feel so lucky to to work at, at a company like Sprout where I've been afforded that opportunity. And so, you know, I want to make sure that I can help empower that, you know, next generation of folks entering into these types of roles to, to, to experience the same type of uh, success and, and impact ultimately that I've been able to do at Sprout, um, just given, you know, the environment that I've worked in. I love that, Peter. And I hope all of our listeners take you up on that offer. Thank you again for tuning in, everybody. And big thanks to Peter for paying it forward and raising the industry one step at a time. I'm Clara Smith, and this is Back Office to Boardroom, only on the Compete Network. See you next time, everybody.